One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but is not late to talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can't truly prepare for the joke that follows this song, but hey, we gave it a try. So here's the Knights of they are divided For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive Thank you to I Have an Insuper- I Have an Inferiority Complex for providing our theme song It is December 29th The Day of Fet Yes, Book of Boba Fett came out today. You got me, Lord Zinger. And you got me, Damiel Russ. And we got Chris Porteous and Joe Yazzo. Hello, hello, Chris and Joe and Zinger. Yes. The book book release has happened, man. We got into chapter one. I have read it because I watched it with subtitles, which means I technically read the episode. All read today, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I'm mildly disappointed that there wasn't a physical book. As, you know, books are Star Wars canon since The Last Jedi, like, physical paper books. So, like, I kind of expected to see, like, an intro, like, Game of Thrones, where, like, a CGI book, like, folds open. And we got it. Exactly. Okay, I need to stop. I mean, well, the copyright flag just happened but um, let's just go around and get a little quick spoiler-free reaction from everybody. So uh, let's uh, let's start off with Zinger. What? Give me like a one out of ten on your on this first episode, and uh, some spoiler-free thoughts. Um. Okay. So first, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a quick um review of this episode before we've even recorded it for everyone. Um, Zach's not here, so Zach's obviously upset about this episode and is taking it deeply to heart to not be here today. Russ is going to talk about some obscure stuff that nobody has any clue about that we're going to see in this episode. Joe's going to agree with him. Chris is going to go on about some toy that none of us can own in America. And I'm going to sit here and aimlessly play Cookie Clicker or Halo in the background while providing witty witty commentary on the whole situation. I thought this was supposed to be spoiler-free. You just spoiled the entire episode. I didn't spoil our episode. Our episode spoiled. Now, as for the Book of Boba Fett. Down with the Empire! Good night. See you guys next week. Uh, now, as for the episode of Book of Boba Fett, did I watch this at three in the morning? You're god dang right I did. Beautiful. Did I watch it again later and realize I missed a ton of stuff? You're god dang right I did. Did I enjoy it? Yes. Uh, nine out of ten, I give it a light read of a nine chapter book. So nine out of ten. Is it perfect? No. Is it what I expected? No, because I expect nothing from this. So anything will impress me. I'll get into more details in the spoiler. As for me, thumbs up. Can't wait till next week. So let me let me quickly point out Zinger's cons- remarkable consistency, which on our last episode where we talked about this, he said he was going into it with no expectations, and he he managed Still. he managed to maintain that that line of thought o- over a, a couple weeks, which is really remarkable. And you know that sh- that sort of consistency should be applauded. Russ, thank you. Russ, what do you think about what do you think about this first episode? Let just uh, give me a one out of uh, how many out of ten Boba Fett helmets do you give it, and uh, give me some spoiler-free thoughts. Um, 
Although I'll give it seven disintegrations or Boba Fett heads, maybe seven or eight. I'm not saying I didn't like it at all. I did. I just really felt like, you know, as far as not going in with expectations that I felt like this was everything we had seen from Mando and from the trailers themselves. Like I, everything was kind of expected that happened in it. We did get to see, you know, I'm not going to, yeah, this is the spoiler free first. This up. Uh, was it better than Spider-Man? The new one? Yes. Uh, am I excited for more? Sure. Uh, and yes, that is my commentary in the open episode. I, it was, it was good. It was good. But I, you know, I felt like I kind of, Besides the ending, it was all kind of laid out for us already. Playing it pretty safe there. Yeah, so, so you know, I mean, we'll, hope, well maybe we'll try and avoid talking about Spider-Man this episode. Joe, what what, would, what are your initial spoiler-free thoughts? Give me a, give me a rating out of 10 and uh, tell me your initial reaction. I'd probably give it an 8. Uh, initial reaction was, would I, would I sit down and watch it again? Yes. Is it going to be Bad Batch worthy? No, I'm probably going to want to sit down and watch it instead of having to trudge through it each week. Um, but I did hear it's only seven parts. Seven so chapters. it's not it's not going to be, you know, the 12 of the Bad Batch. Well, this is the first half of the book, maybe, maybe the next. Season, yeah, they peel it over and it was a whole nother half. But I did find it was it was quite arrow esque mm-hmm. of the way that they're doing it. Because it's you know it it does it does have that feel of of Arrow. Now is that is that because Arrow jumps around like chronologically in sort of dream sequences or what are you talking about when you reference that? Like flashback, flashback. Okay. It's like you know you see him go through something and then next thing you know you see him flashback through it. All right, well, but I'll right. save I'll like save the rest for the non-spoiler. Well, so yeah, okay, thanks, man. So, so myself, I'd I'd, I'd probably say six decapitated Django Django fat helmets out of ten. The lowest, yeah, the lowest from us. Yeah, but you know what? My standard for entertainment, like you know, just the whole the whole modern A list type entertainment has is like I'm expecting so very little. Like I saw Spider Man just like the rest of you guys, and I have more. I have more nerd complaints about spider-man than i do about the book of boba fett episode one agree agree yeah so i've been saying that so it it was the first mcu movie i've seen in a long time i think that's the case for a lot of people and i don't know what they're expecting i know they made a billion dollars we're already talking about spider-man but yeah i don't know maybe i am i think i am sliding down that that hole with you guys where i'm starting to view it from a different uh a different lens especially with uh the the new the new uh the new nostalgia of very recent things that you wouldn't think are nostalgic but somehow yes doc ock is very nostalgic yep and toby mcguire be looking a little bit older it's kind of weird mm. but uh you know so but as far as far as the book of boba fett like you there you know there was a lot like don't let six out of ten fool you there's a lot of stuff i liked about it i th- i think that like i I do factor in the fact that I'm just becoming more jaded and grumpy as an audience member. And like, that's definitely a real thing that's happening. I, th- I feel like the core storyline is something that we haven't really had a good look at yet because it can't, they're not going to do seven episodes simply on the fact that he's sort of reclaiming gang territory or something like that. There's going to be a more important story that comes into place here. I really believe that. And uh, I just can't wait. It's PTSD. Exactly. I can't wait to, uh, to see what what this seven episodes is actually going to be about, which is, you know, pro- one more episode than I was expecting. So I think there'll be something interesting there. 
So um, now we're going to get into like we're going to we're going to start actually talking about it. So if you haven't seen it yet, you're I mean, you're not you're not our you're probably not our audience. I don't You've probably seen it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't want to alienate anyway. you. But uh, but you're you know, pa- pause it. Watch it. It's 38 minutes. Check it out. I'm, I'm going to give them some time real quick and fill the and fill the void so that if you're stumbling to get to your phone um, or wherever you're listening to this on turn off, I'm going to give you that moment now by filling this space with there are no in atmosphere star destroyers in this. So I was very upset by that would have been a 10 out of 10, but there are no in atmosphere star destroyers. So I was very upset by and, that. Also, and a letdown. hold on. Also a letdown. This entire episode was in atmosphere. This is Star Wars. We're talking. I yeah. didn't see any stars. I saw a sun at one point and another sun. Yes, they've just two of them distinct ones in the very There's beginning a- says we're spoiling it since we finally see the moment the fans have dreamed of for years and comics have been written. We saw Boba Fett in the Sarlacc with the one thing we all expected to see in the Sarlacc with him, of course, an Imperial Stormtrooper. Heck yeah. Oh, they man. Toss those things in there. So that kind of bothered you, too, right? Because like, so like, you know, why we we we, <laughs> we sort of why, 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 how'd that guy get there? Well, well, you, I, you know, I started rationalizing it and I'm like, well, you know, maybe like four years before this. We do see a lot of dewbacks roaming the the dune sea. Maybe a dewback just slipped and fell in there, and that's why there's a stormtrooper in there. Some good armor, though. I mean, if he's been in there that long, right. he's been in there longer than Fett because he's like all aliens, like stuck in the wall. And, and that's at the, that point. And that's the problem, right? Because we see like you know five or six skiff guards fall in there right before Boba Fett does. And what is he weak way in there or something? Yeah, and they would be alive and like screaming and freaking out, and it would have been like probably too traumatic for the for the show. But uh. But but, you know, I, like I think the biggest so, you know, we very, cl- very close to the opening of this episode. I didn't think they were going to start out with him in the Sarlacc pit like that surprised me. Oh, I did. I really thought that we'd get there later. Oh, sorry. No expectations. I thought Justin. it would. Yeah, I thought it would open with that thing. I agree with you. I, I knew that they would have to get that over with quick. And I didn't realize that the device would be. So the device we're using in this instead of ma- instead of armor, Instead of making armor to trigger cutscenes, now you have to go in a back to tank to trigger your cutscenes. And but I'll notice it, this happened to him a couple times. Boba Fett gets pretty messed up. He's like, oh, get me in the back to mate. And it's like, all right, like he's not as as badass, I guess, as we thought. He's got a little almost Vaderish weakness. He was a, he was across town and he was like, listen, guys, you need to get me back to my bathtub or else this is not going to end well. So that was funny. Like, you know, you're hitting on a good point. It's like, do they how much credit do they give the audience to understand how close this is to the Mandalorian season one where like and I know they haven't finished out these flashbacks yet. It's very similar to like you were saying to how we see those flashbacks of how Din was saved by the Death Watch from the the super battle droids. Did it bother you guys that it was so on the nose structurally to the first season of Mandalorian or did you like those flashbacks? I mean, I they, I think they had to do the flashbacks. This is the book. I mean, books have different. We we knew we they, they were going to show us older stuff. They had to show the Sarlacc thing, but I felt like that's all they had to show. They showed there was I like the Tuscan stuff, and I like how they kind of made that Tuscan warlord look a little different, and have Tuscan kid who was a little jerk, and. And those were cool elements, but like, yeah, they there was too much Tuscan. Like, we get it. I mean, he was buddies with the Tuscans. Like, they saved him. That's kind of all, you know, could have just gone, you know. I don't know. Uh, Joe, what about you? What What was your 
initial thoughts on the flashback stuff? I think they needed to have it. There's a lot of questions. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that were sitting there, you know, I was going into it expecting that they would show them getting out of the Sarlacc. The only thing is that you didn't have that mouth. That's the one thing I was disappointed about. Mm. The there was no beak? like you wanted to see a beak. I wanted to see the beak. Oh my they God. Put it in well, there for a reason. It. I think he killed it from the inside. I don't think that beak's doing anything anymore. I think he burned a thing from the inside. Cause what, so what exactly happened in that scene? Cause I had to go back and watch a little bit. Cause unlike Zanger, I watched it three in the morning. I think I watched on my phone at work twice today. Uh, but I, I went back and watched the stuff I didn't see, but so what he took some kind of tube out of the stormtrooper and powered up his flamethrower. Okay. It's like life support. So he just, it was like spraying hairspray into it. Almost. He basically pulled the life support out of the stormtrooper helmet to basically, so he could breathe because okay. he was in the thing's stomach and then basically tore a hole in the side of it and just started ripping the flamethrower. And from there, I'm assuming dug his way out. Okay, so th thanks for bringing that up. So this is my bit. Like, I have a science-related complaint about this part of the part of the episode. Wait, hold on. Uh, allow me to establish a few things first. You have a science-related complaint in a movie where people have robot limbs. Hold on, wait. Allow me to robot elaborate on that. Too. Um, you 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 have a science complaint in a show where they use droids that can navigate through space itself to serve drinks. Listen, that's way Hold on, wait some, one second. You have a science complaint in a movie where lasers can be blocked with swords of light. They're not lasers. Proceed. They're not lasers. They move, they move way Laser too slowly. Bolts. They move way too Laser slowly. Bolts. Like you can watch, like, you know, a film is 24 frames per second. It takes at least five frames for one of those like laser bolts to move like 30 feet. Like they're not lasers, whatever they are. But anyways, Jesus Christ, we have Zach 2.0 on right now. Whatever they are, they're not lasers. But my, what I'm saying is, okay, so just think about this for a second. All right. Thinking. If you fall, it's a sort of a trope in cinema to show a guy buried in sand up to his neck and he can't get out of the sand. Have you guys, because it's safe to say all three of you have seen that before. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like you can't one time in real life. Exactly. There's funny jokes. They, they put a bucket over his head or something. He can't move. He can't get his arms free even. Right. So Boba Fett falls in the Sarlacc, which is a, which is an opening. It's a doorway. And he, and he bursts out through solid sand about seven feet away from that opening. You can't move through solid sand. I just bothered me that like there's a door right there and the guy goes through solid sand. Um I'm I'm going to I'm going to debate your debate with the debate. Sandworms, Dune. Proceed. It could be some weird part of the thing. I yeah, I don't know. But it it did seem weird that he just didn't have him come out of the mouth. Did they just not want to build that piece? Was that like CGI, the actual Sarlacc back there? You think that was an actual set? Also, the, the force. I'm just going to say the force. Yeah, I kind of starting to believe that he has the force. It is with him, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for any of you guys who, like, uh, got buried in sand up to your neck in college, you understand that he wouldn't have been coming through that sand. So I, ju I, I just, you know, there's a perfectly good opening the way he came in that was right there. And it kind of bothered me that he power punched through some sand. I'm going with Rust's argument of they didn't want to build that set. And that's the way they wanted to do that because it's a lot simpler to just put that set on that whatever background thing they can put everything on and just be like, yeah, have him dig his way out of the sand. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, Jason. It's soft sand. 
It's like something Jason would do, or like a zombie from like Return of the Living Dead, just yeah. punch their way through the ground. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's something that happens. Very, you know, it's very much like Freddy Krueger's hand in Jason Goes to Hell, where he bursts through the sand at the end and grabs Jason's mask. Oh yeah, it is. If he would have grabbed like a, I don't know, his own helmet, that wouldn't make any sense. It's like, yeah, it's yours, take it. But he had. Yeah. Now I was talking to you, uh, your Rob Russ, and he he refer to that as a, a 80s trope but i can't think of any other example of it than uh jason goes to hell but that i think that says um says more about my cinematic <laughs> library evil yeah. dead evil yeah dead? evil dead, evil yeah, dead it's i feel on has the cover it. it's even on the cover i believe of uh the original evil dead yeah which side note evil dead 2 best movie poster fight me in the comments yeah, skull with yeah, the eyes. Great, skull with the song. eyes, best one ever. Um, I said, fight me in the comments on that one. To to Zinger's defense, back in the day, back in the day, it would take a little bit of effort to take a picture of a skull prop and a picture of a human face at the precise exact same angle, so that you could sort of cut out those eyeballs and put them into the mouth and the skull. So you know, there was a lot of work involved there in artistry that I think people sort of lose sight of these days. But uh, <laughs> carrying on from that, uh, so when did, did any of you guys think that um, because of some of Chimera Morrison's comments about seeing sort of every bit of missing time of Boba Fett's life that did you think maybe we'd get a glimpse of the sort of and maybe it's yet to come. But do you think we'll get this a look at the time period between when he sort of left Cloud City with the frozen Han Solo uh, un- until we see him again in Return of the Jedi because some of my favorite stuff from those Shadows of the Empire comics is when he's sort of just hanging out on Slave 1 sort of reflecting on uh, his accomplishment and like and like talking to the frozen block of Han Solo inside there that is unable to respond. I think it might involve even more. I don't know. Is there like talk of him ever working? I feel like they're going to bring in some of the other bounty hunters that we know and love. I don't know, for LOM or Zuckus, somebody is going to come in and, and that they might that might have something to do with it. Maybe they'll show him besting him at some point uh, in that same kind of era, because doesn't he like waste IG-88 on the way to get Han Solo or something like that? In an incredibly non-canon fashion. Yes, he does. Wonderful. All depends on how Book of Boba Fett does is what they do. That's going to be a space filler. They'll put hair back on Tamora Morris and make him uh, make him a young Boba Fett. Great point. So we, you know, we see we see Boba Fett like within twenty four hours of him falling into the Sarlacc pit and Return of the Jedi, and he's bald. Did y'all think Boba Fett was bald that whole time? I oh, is he? Wait. Well, yeah, he was because okay, it's right, and you get to see him in just a flight suit. That that seems like just that seems for an action figure right there. Like, flight suit Boba Fett, dirty Boba Fett. Well, Hot Toys already put out a two pack where it's like you get you get the Tuscan Raider version of Boba Fett and the uh, the version when he first gets his armor back in a two pack. So I don't think we're gonna get plain flight suit Boba Fett. But so, do you think that his hair melted off inside the Sarlacc pit inside his helmet, or do you think he was just always bald? That's the the question that's gonna bother a generation. The other thing too is like he was he was quite svelte when he went in, and he gained like sixty pounds, seventy pounds. When he got out, he got a dad bod. 
Well, he looked he looked like, pretty accurate when he punched his way out of the sand, though. We'll say they made him look yeah. pretty accurate. And I think Tamora Morrison did slim down since Mandalorian because he, he looks a lot. He looked he looks a lot better. And how much how much further along from the flashback is the current timeline of this Mandalorian? It's like nine years, five. right? Five. Yeah. So five years. Yeah. So five years he was out there after the Jawas took his stuff, just waiting around. Could he have been in the Sarlacc for longer? He better have been. Because, but those- I'm just I'm throwing that out there. Maybe he was in the Sarlacc for like a month or two. Yeah. Not a significant fraction of five years, or he'd be clearly dead. Well, I'm I'm just throwing that out there as a quick little. So if it comes up later, I can be like, oh, someone can be like, oh, Zinger said that he knows the way. And I'll be like, this is the way. And everyone will clap because I made a Star Wars. Reference. I guess it depends. How long do we think it takes for for Jawas to capitalize on a destroyed sail barge? Um, mere se- how fast hours. does light travel? Let's say the second the flames <laughs> and the plume was in the air, somebody spotted that. And they were like mirror signaling Jawas, you know, miles away. Like there's something happened here. That's the one thing that got me too was, you know, you see Sal- Jabba's sail barge sitting there with smoke all around it, but no smoke coming from the Sarlacc that he just incinerated. Could be, could be heartburn. I mean, if, I mean, if, I mean, if I eat some pizza, you don't see smoke coming out of my mouth, but trust me, something's burning on the inside. It's a strange venting system to this whole Sarlacc. Tatooine has this weird stuff going on. And evidently, you can just dig in, in Tatooine and find some kind of rock that has water in it, as we find later. We learned so much great stuff about Tatooine. Moisture farming? All you can do is dig. It's right there. Russ, like, it's just... just- you're, you're clearly missing the... There's there's a tradition with a lot of... Dig for water? There's a tra- dig for water? <laughs> there's a tradition with a lot of primitive cultures where they pre-fill and bury water in, in order to find it later. Those were not sort of water gourds. They were pre-planted there by the Tuscan Raiders. No, 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 no. Those are water seeds that grow on Tatooine deep in the ground, and that is why. Um, once again, Russ, I'd like to point out my... And I'm an apparent- idiot. Yes, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. I want to say you, you were saying how, how these things have weird venting systems. Uh, once again, something I have in common with this planet of Tatooine, because I also... <laughs> When I have heartburn, have weird venting systems. Yeah, weird venting system. He has two sons. Okay, <laughs> exactly. It. One case. Exactly. Okay, so good transition point. So you know, we do see. We, <laughs> it is. We it is. It absolutely is. We do see this sort of new. This is a new faction of Tuscan Raiders that saved Boba Fett. They they wear a lot of black, like they're edge lords compared to the regular Tuscan Raiders. They and 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 they let women in their tribe have roles of leadership, which is a new thing for the Tuscan Raiders because you know Disney Star. Star Wars is, is still afraid to show Lucas's female Tusken Raiders because they didn't show them in Mando's season yeah, they, two. They didn't have that weird Jawa tank armor yeah. that they look to wear in, or whatever, the droid uh, tank armor that they had. But they reminded me a lot of Enfys Ness gang. Exactly. I, thought, I was like, what is Enfys Ness doing here? Oh, maybe Enfys Ness uh, is, is appropriating uh, – uh, indigenous Tatooine yeah. culture. We do see this new faction of Tusken Raiders, and you know they they they're like the goth faction of Tusken Raiders, and they they they're they're they don't care about the patriarchy or anything like that, unlike the other ones. So, what do you guys what do you guys think about that? Do you think they spent too much time with them? Because me me personally, I think when we, when yes. they had that shot where the Tusken Raiders rolled up on Boba Fett's decrepit body, I feel like that's all I needed to know. Like it, like. 
I, and we didn't need a Mad Max scene that we've seen in every Mad Max movie where he gets dragged along by a bantha for a very long time and it just falls and it's like, well, yeah, the bantha can drag him. Okay, I'm 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 gonna be that 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 person that's gonna fight against both of you now. Um, I actually like this. I, I liked all the flashbacks. I liked the way they told it. That's why this got that nine out of whatever scale I did. Um, because I like the fact that a lot of this was. If this entire first episode was flashbacks and had like no dialogue, it would have been a 10 out of 10. Like any real dialogue, I would have been 10 out of 10 because I'm like, I like the show, not tell. Because we could have had him just telling Finnick about what happened to him or telling a group of, you know, um, crime lords, like why he should take Java's place because, you know, oh, I had to, you know, but. All these flashbacks, all this stuff, I feel is telling a better story through this. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Also, I like the fact that we're seeing a different version of Tusken Raiders. These are more mobile Tusken Raiders. They live in tents as opposed to huts, which may be a lunatic Jedi, maybe convince them to be more nomadic now. I don't know. It's even almost camouflage. They look like um, they look like, you know, weird sand peaks or something like pyramids or something like it looks like almost camouflage little little huts that they lived in. Like you couldn't you if you just saw that as a dune, it's what it looked like. It was it was. Yeah. Well, that was very interesting. I did like that. It's like doing the off world Jawas, which all he did was give them emo capes. But uh, but they, they, you know, I think they made they made this faction look cool. And and they definitely have uh, weird traditions in their culture. Having the kids just beat on Rodians. Oh, shut up. (laughs) We got a Rodian, a Rodian, Rodian sighting, big, big time Rodian character. They're they're trying to play both sides here, right? Like this, they're they're being being very explicit that this is a different unique faction of Tuscan Raiders, because as you pointed out, the tents are very different than the sort of who knows what those structures are made of in Attack of the Clones, but they're they're crusty, they're disgusting. Skin of their enemies. Yeah. You know, maybe who knows what they're made of. Let's not speculate. But they're pointing out that these are very hay <laughs> like or something. Like, where do you get all this from? <laughs> they're pointing out that Me Skywalkers. They're being cl- they're they're being clear <laughs> that it's a different faction, which is almost an excuse not to show Lucas's design of the female Tuscan Raider, which I, I appreciate they're making an effort rather than implying that it never existed. They're saying, here's a reason why you're not seeing it, which uh, I'll accept it. I'll accept that as a sort of token of friendship from these guys who just know they're not allowed to show the female Tuscan Raider from episode two anymore. Well, I think that's because that tribe um, was killed and not just the men, uh, but the women and the children were also killed. And so I think maybe they could Disney can pull that off, say, well, that was just one tribe and they're all dead. Yeah. And they were slaughtered like animals. Completely, I hate them. Completely successfully defeated. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so, so, so when you got that, when you got that in mind, um, and then you you you, so you see that they're a very different culture. And uh, what did you guys think about the fact that they sent Boba Fett alone with this kid out in, into the wilderness? Write a passage for the child. Not the child, but a child. There we gotcha. go. Gotcha. 
wanted to clarify because apparently that is a character. And then you know this Rodian, you guys are right. This Rodian is fantastic, and I, and deserved everything it got. Yeah, I like I, I like <laughs> I like how they they put a little bit of extra effort in to do like a nice lip sync animation while the Rodian's talking. Like it's you know it's 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 more than we ever got with Greedo. He, he's talking. It does grind my gears slightly that. In Disney era Star Wars, Rodians are all orange, probably because they only made one mask. But that's fine. I'll forgive that. I think they gave him a little more screen time this time, and he, you can actually sort of see him. So you're saying this this might be the same mask from the Rodian from Solo? I think it's the same. Well, it's in Mando season one as well. In in the cantina with Grief Cargo, when they're sort of talking bounties, there's an orange ma- Rodian there. And it's like, we haven't seen a green Rodian in Disney Star Wars, but we've only seen this orange one. I'm, I feel like it must be because there's only one mask. I just, I like my Rodians. Like I like my Jedi lightsabers. They would be blue, sometimes green, and that's fine. All right, I'm 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 moving on from this conversation before we get Twitter canceled. Um, so the other thing I really liked about him being dragged and taken like that is that's very much a Western and um, very much a Western theme. Which of course, a lot of Westerns stole from Japan, Japanese movies with samurais and stuff like that. So once again, Star Wars steals from Westerns and from that where it's the person being dragged along which as russ had pointed out is also stolen by mad max Max does it quite a bit i think every movie's dragged somewhere he's got a giant thing on his head and and wasn't it great that eventually he like he's walking for a bit but then you sort of think about the fact that like it's probably been a week since he's ate anything and he eventually just is like a month he's eventually he's just like you know what just drag me like i'm fine i'll just i'll just slide along behind these banthas without walking you probably must could have done it sand. sitting down. If you're on the sand and there's a chain dragging, you could probably just sit and kind of just pull your legs up a little bit and just kind of scoot on your butt around with that band so, pulling you. So, so you want to do it. sand skiing? Yeah, sand surf. Yeah. All right. All right. Sand cool. boogie boarding. Sure. Got it. Got it. Get him. Get him. Get him a kneeboard out there. Oh, Boba Fett kneeboarding out in the desert to Tatooine. Ooh, baby. I think this is an appropriate time to point out the fact, like we're we you know we're approaching the one third mark of this of the book of Boba Fett's first episode, and um, I I need to point out that like I watched it with my girlfriend, which was a mistake. Who's this? What's going on here? But so check this out though. This is the fascinating fact about that. As a layman, which she is, she recognized Camino in a flashback, but did not recognize. Ooh. Did not recognize Jabba's palace, but she recognized Camino. Is that a video mm. game thing? Maybe a Battlefront, because I know that's a pretty major. Thing I can't, I can't rationalize it, no matter how hard I try. It doesn't. The Clone Wars a lot too. Bad Batch had it a bunch. I don't know how much you were watching. She, that. she I think every establishing thing. shot was Camino from Episode Two. Yeah, was that original Camino footage, or is that just yeah. from Episode I, Two? I meant, I'm really, I honestly meant to check. If that was the shot, the exact shot from episode two, or if they recreated it, I I'm leaning like without checking. I don't know if either of you guys did. I'm leaning towards they recreated it because, as we all know, episode two only exists in 1080p, not 4K. But um, there's also the fact that they didn't do a close up showing young Daniel Logan's face. So I don't know if well, they recreated it or not. Uh, it's at a different angle than the original shot was it's at a higher yeah, angle but would they have avoided there is what 
like in episode two, does it only show the wide shot where he sort of picks it up? Because the close up of Django Fett's helmet, I I can't remember. I I meant to check before this recording, but I didn't. It seemed different. It did seem like it was centered differently. Like where I don't know. There, you're right. There was something a little bit off about it. They could have. I mean, they shoot tons of stuff. So who knows? Maybe they had just some spare stuff sitting around. Well, they did what I cut a check to Daniel Logan. Can you imagine that, though? <laughs> it's amazing to think about the fact that, you know, that's that episode two was so pioneering that 4K didn't exist at the time that they decided to film it digitally. You know, I, I meant to check. I, I'm agnostic about it at the moment. I'm going to go with that. They reshot it because they avoided young Daniel Logan's face. Yeah, it would um, probably be easy to do. Think about all the Bad Batch Camino like shots they already have animated, like fully digitally animated. It would take much to make it look a little more realistic. Put a couple layers. Like, yeah, we got a ton of Camino. There was like every episode was on Camino. We got tons of Camino stuff. That's easy for us. I'm going with it's it's not a reshoot. It's from the original, just at a different camera angle or one of the takes they didn't use. I'm thinking it's a reshoot because you could see the guy's face in the helmet. It was distorted. I, I did notice that, but it's distorted. I'm still agnostic. So, you know, that's that's cool. Like, I, you know, I, I want to believe that they just used Attack of the Clones footage. I would appreciate that. So moving, moving forward from there, this is another thing that sort of interested me canonically. Obviously, the story of this first episode didn't move me to the point where I'm not talking about nerd details that bothered me. So let's on, on further nerd details that bothered me. There's continual references to the fact that the city they show is Moss Espa. Like, do we do we all agree on that? It's Moss Espa. Welcome to Moss Espa. You're in would, Moss Espa. We would like for you to stay in Moss Espa so, forever. So when I'm the mayor's person from Moss Espa. Why is there a mayor? Hold on. Is this a first use of the word mayor in Star Wars? That sounds like something from Space Balls. Like, I am the mayor of space. That word has been used before in Legends, but I'm not sure if it's been used before in canon. You guys, So you guys heard Moss Espa at least three times, right? So Also, it came, comes up on a title card, too. It's not Rogue One. That, Rogue One th- that didn't happen. Yeah. No, no. Ago. See, you had to stop. You had to stop I for a second it. and think. I succeeded. Okay. He did Rogue you One. Did. You did. But, so, but like, you know, Moss Espa is not inside a giant canyon or crater in episode one. But you saw more of the city going outwards. Moss Espa could be gigantic. It's a spaceport. It could be huge for all we know. And, uh, and I respect the fact that it's been like something canonically something like 30 years since we've seen it. But that doesn't create a gigantic crater. So is it? Is it like, like, why do they do this to us? You know, like, <laughs> like, can it just be a new city? Like, like, wh- like, I would, I would, I would accept that there's a new city on Tatooine that's bigger than Mos Espa. Why have they got to make me wonder why Mos Espa looks like that? Because we can see old Watto soon. He's going to come. And I want to, I want to say this, since we're bringing up like Mos Espa and Tatooine. It has to be Mos Espa. It has to be. Sorry, I know that- why. So there's a scene early on in this where Boba Fett, he comes out of the back, to, he comes out of the flashback, the cutscene's over. And like Iron Man style, he's got robot taxi drivers putting his clothes on. Do you guys notice those are like, aren't those the taxi droids that take uh, Padme and Anakin around? With like, I thought okay, they were okay. the repair droid. No, they but they're on that like one a bigger wheel. version of the rebate repair. Oh, the rickshaw droids. Yeah. Yeah. They look like the rickshaw droids. I was like, why is he getting Iron Man by rickshaw droids? It was that was that was strange. But, you know, I guess they have to make him, you know, look very B.A. Right. 
Yes. It's definitely cooler uh, than if he were putting his armor on like a peasant by himself. Also, him putting the armor on is once again a reference to uh, Jap- Japanese samurai movies. So that is uh, it is like getting prepared. Like he's got his, mm-hmm. you know, little servants that are getting him dressed. Yep. Why they don't have a protocol droid, but uh, he'll have a torture droid and they're against torture. But I guess it's all, you know, inherited from Jabba. Yeah. I like that 88 is now a character. Like this is the thing that was torturing a gonk droid for no reason. It's like a throwaway, the worst toy ever kind of thing. 88, he's still around, but now he's like, now he's talking and he won't shut up. And he's like, you know, he's got views Being about Starkey, wanting to torture. You, I like it because they showed in Mandalorian season two that EV99 migrated to the cantina and is now the current bartender over there. So I'm saying here's the reason this has to be Moss Espa. We're just seeing a different like end of where it's at. Anakin because, lived in the ghetto, probably. Yeah. Yes, but. Because who presides over the ra- the pod races? Uh, well, the 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 Daniels, Jabba did. So why would it make sense for him not for the biggest city to have the pod race and stuff? Hey, I am I am episode one in logic. This we have to have it be Mosses, but you can't establish another city that would have been more popular that Jabba would have had bigger control. I know, over, so. I know, but you see. You, in episode one, when Qui-Gon's first rolling up to Mos Espa, you do get, like, a really far away wide view of it. And, like... Oh, I will check this right now. I will look at it. And if there is so much as a hole, there's a hole in your logic, too. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, you get about as good of a, of a far away view of it as you do... Mos Espa. Yeah, exactly. You'll never find a more you know, wretched hive. Yes, it's basically a smudge of paint on the screen. <laughs> So, like, I suppose there could be a crater over there, but it was, you know, it's just like, why, you know, why? Like, why does it need to be in a crater? All right, I accept it. It makes it unique and also cuts out the background. Yeah, that that's fair. So, Zanger's currently checking episode one to see if there's any establishing shots of Moss Espa. What did you guys think about the fact that they they sort of upgraded the Trandoshans and current canon to be sort of partially CGI creatures because personally I was very oh, they look great they look better than they did in Mandalorian season one I feel like they tried to sort of have a human's eyeballs as the the core eyes of a Trandoshan in Mandalorian season one when he's attacked when Mando is attacked in the second episode and I think those guys looked crazy to me and I think they look a lot better and a lot closer to Bosk in this this first episode of the book Boba Fett what do you guys think I loved it yeah I thought it looked really cool I do like that the What's like an animation style. We can finally see him talking on screen. I don't think one ever spoke in Mandalorian. And that's cool. That does open it up for a potential Bosk to come into and not look, you know, super terrible. Joe, do you have any hard hitting opinions about Bosk and the current incarnation of CGI Trandoshans? They talk a lot better than Bosk. You can actually understand what they're saying. But it could be because of the status. Bosk said something and probably Hutties to that Imperial officer who is rudely looking at him. But uh, I don't, I've, there wasn't much of a lip sync there. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I agree. And I think the, the, the two trend oceans at the start of the second episode of Mandalorian 
were horrifying and they should never have tried to do them with the human actors actual eyes because they you know they don't look the right direction because they're not lizard people they're humans so they i'm glad they learned from that mistake and they cgi'd it as they probably should have done in the first place personally yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I dig them. I, I, like I said, I think I just want to see some Bosque too. I, I really am pushing that they want they, they will enter one of the canonical, real cool bounty hunters in this, and not Dengar. I don't know if I want to see him again. So we saw him in Force Awakens. He looked weird. All right. So my scrubbing so far has turned up that there are a few establishing shots of a skyline of Mos Espa in Phantom Menace. The best movie of all time. Continue. Yeah, sure. Um, that there's establishing skylines. They're obviously on the outskirts of Mos Espa when they meet up with Anakin and whatnot. Right, because they landed in the outskirts to not draw attention because the spaceport was going to be very unpleasant. So this could be more of the actual inner, like the um downtown. More, yeah, da- because downtown. I mean, casino stuff like that are going to be more in a downtown area or a more established area. <sighs> Protects you from sandstorms, etc. Yeah, see, there you go. So this is canonically, I, I, I dare an individual to disprove me on that. Hold on, wait, wait. I might have another establishing shot with Maul coming in. So give me a second to look at this. But you I guys say, can talk in the meantime. There's parts of there's parts of Mos Espa though, so we got to see a cantina, and that is that's not Droopy McCool that's there. It's just another of his his race, right? He was on the he was on the sail barge, and like this. Do Droopy McCool? Max Rebo. He. Oh right. Uh, Max. Exactly. Droopy's the puffy he's marshmallow the, guy. Yeah, he's the flute guy. Sorry. No one likes him. Yeah. So this Max Rebo definitely looks worse than the original Max Rebo. So like, first of all, it's like the Gam- Gamorians. Like, you guys have more money. Figure it out. Like, please figure it out. Because like these guys don't look right. Okay. These. They, you brought up Gamorians. I gotta say, someone has some weird Gamorian fetish that is like in that like works for Disney and has a lot of say because they're always like way more half naked than they need to be. They, they weird keep bodies on now. More naked. They do, and they talk about hosing them down. Like, hey, you want me to go hose your Gamorian down and maybe feed him? Like, what are we talking about? I don't want anything. Just, just put it. Put a. Can you put a shirt on him and, and then <laughs> give him a bigger axe or something? They they did make him a little bit primitive. Like, you know, when I think of Gamorreans, maybe this, maybe this dates me, but I always think back to that 1996 Ralph McQuarrie book where there's this great McQuarrie painting of uh, a female Gamorrean with her kid, like, on Tatooine, sort of grabbing some stuff from a market. And it's like, you know, you realize that they're just sort of like any other alien race, and uh, they have a formalized culture and language. But this show sort of made Gamorreans feel like more primitive than I even thought. Like, you know, like the, 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 they're very basic in a way they make jokes about hosing them off, like in planet of the apes or something. I'm feeding them. Yeah. I, I am looking up this female Gamorian. Oh, great. Awesome. My, my, I've been flagged. Well, she's got like braids, right? Or something. Can you find I've, it? I've, I've been flagged on several sites now. Thank you. Well, it's, you know, it's, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. So it's like them in a the hallway and she's wearing like a yellow dress thing. Yeah, this looks awful. I I am I am offended. I have to look at this now. Original concept artist of the entire Star Wars trilogy, everyone. But oh, well, uh, no, I mean that that's fine. I'm down with that. But just seeing this, it it totally destroys my image of these characters. He's a genius. Look at this great Gamorium chick he did. Well, no, I I 
I'd rather see her like in warrior armor. Why why does she have to be in a dress and looking like she can't be a warrior? I'm just saying 90s Ralph Macquarie convinced me that they were just regular people like anybody else. So hearing about them being hosed off like like uh oh, canonically they what? are not normal people. They are just property <laughs> that is just traded to anybody that wants them. They're just pig monsters that will fight for you and rankers will eat them constantly. <laughs> they 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 said they they ran away once Boba Fett took over, but they were incredibly ready to sign on to be his bodyguards. Apparently, there is a Gamorrean Jedi. Of course, one of these is going to be the chosen one. Dark Forces Rebel Agent. Everyone's favorite, sure. I, Everyone's favorite book game piece. Sure, mobile <laughs> it says game an audio drama adaptation. Dark Forces is, of course, as everyone listening to this knows, the 1995 first-person shooter created by LucasArts. So I've never heard of a Dark Forces Rebel Agent, but maybe that's a accompanying graphic novel of some kind. So let let's let's try and slightly move on for please fast and in any direction. What what else did we have happen in this episode? So Boba Fett goes around and tries to sort of claim ownership of these various minor crime syndicates oh no no you missed an important thing you missed the big old foreshadowing by the so correct me if i'm wrong twilight males are supposed to have a gigantic forehead of course we see bib fortuna in the for in return of the jedi giant, with forehead. giant weird disgusting forehead and we see orn frita the senator in in the prequels who's also equally revolting in every way shape and form so it's just strange to see male Twi'leks who don't have this thing going on. I think we saw and that once first in Mando with that that guy who uh, who was part of the, uh, the, the the space wrecking crew team. I thought no, he had one. He did. He had a forehead. Could they be? Because can't Twi'leks and humanoids like Rebels has shown that yes. So could it be that they are not pure? A hybrid, yeah, I guess yeah. that could be. The Maybe case. that you know what I'm giving that the reason. But anyways, that the mayor's aid person, whatever he is, uh, give, gives that. Oh well, the next because he says this, and I didn't catch this at the three in the morning viewing because I was sitting there like uh, Boba Fett. Can I pause and say that like I respect the hell out of the fact that you watched at three a.m. Because I, was I wasn't. Like... I I was not going to go and have this spoiled. I am like I am in the Star Wars group. I exist on the internet. If there's any big reveal at the end of this, it will be spoiled for me by 8 a.m. I am going to lock myself in to make sure I do not. I did this with the Soka episode. I knew it was coming out. I'm watching it. I'm not having no one spoil this. I'm doing it on my terms. Absolutely right. And I just went for the right of avoiding the internet for like two or three hours. That's impossible. For in inhuman <laughs> ability right there, people. Um, but the thing was, there was really nothing to uh, no, this, this didn't give us the Mando episode one drop of uh, like a baby Yoda or even a big villain or uh, what What was the big reveal in this? That like there's like well, Mortal Kombat monsters together. that live in the sand. Oh, yeah, there was that. Uh, if you put the pieces together, those assassins were sent by the mayor because that was the next envoy that was coming to see him. See, I've already put that together. I think the implication was that those guys were going to show up at Jabba's palace. I'm saying they're mayor. I'm saying they're sent by the mayor. Calling it now. Write it but down. Also, Zinger's right a, again. 
there's also a, a weird mystery that we're supposed to care about, about like a swoop bike gang that has spray paint. Oh, and no, that's spray- the same gang that um, that um, a dreamy McDream pants uh, car vamp fights with. And oh, OK. Oh, I think they're supposed to be the same. Oh, that was flashback scenes. I don't know if they're the same unit of people, but they're definitely within the same realm of uh, the Red Raiders, I think, or something. Right. That take over that town and that the Boba Fett suit. I could be wrong on that. Could be wrong. But I am correct on Carl Vamp is dreamy. Moving on to other dreamy people. He goes to the I'm I'm actually on the scene in the show right now as I'm playing it in the background. The casino. Go ahead. Pick up, Chris. There's a male Twi'lek slave and a female Twi'lek slave uh, walking up to Boba Fett and Fennec Shand offering to clean their helmets i think is yeah is the, yes. that's that's the that's the move and oh and they clean them all right yeah that's the move fennec shand is not into that well, hold on his was shinier than hers though oh very much so i think that she just takes better care of hers in the first place so she didn't require such attention you know she you know fed encourages her to take part in the in the local uh local customs so that they they don't feel as agitated i'm realizing now the re- reason she said yours is shinier is because his was filled with all that money that they gave him which he drops later that's why his helmet was shinier correct is that what we learn yes I'm just putting this together and I'm feeling like a genius for making up for that dog uh, that plants have uh, those little rocks full of water buried uh, in Tatooine. So uh, pull it together. And and I'm so glad that since since Disney bought Star Wars, that the Empire, the First Order and the criminal underworld have all learned the pitfalls of not treating uh, both genders equally. Oh, also, there's the whole thing point out of him not coming in, being carried in and all this stuff, too. So, so what? If they just hand Jabba a helmet full of money every week, like how does this work? Could they just get a bag system going? He needs that helmet. They they haven't figured out interact e transfer or PayPal for sure. But uh, you know, uh, so that is interesting how they handed him literally a bucket full of gold. Essentially, New Republic gold, by the way. New Republic gold, because you do see some of the coins have the New Republic symbol on them. So it makes sense in this no. time because that's what they were using. They, they were starting to get marshals and stuff showing up on Tatooine and whatnot. Yeah, I guess if it's been five years since Return of the Jedi. But Singer, I don't believe for a minute that you noticed that detail without watching some sort of YouTube video analysis. I I watched it and saw I was like, oh, hey, it's the New Republic symbol. That's a remarkable adoption time for a new currency. That's really impressive. But I will admit that one of the videos I did see breaking down stuff also mentioned it. So if I didn't catch it, I would have known it anyways. He caught it. He caught it. It's fine. What else did you catch? I did I not catch it on those. my first watching, though. I will give you that. It was not the 3 a.m. watch. I caught that on. Another production detail that I that I heard about prior to seeing the episode was the fact that these these hired goons who attack Boba Fett hired by the in mayor the street, in the streets of Mos Espa, perhaps hired by the mayor. We're yet to find out. Allegedly. Um, you know, I heard that the, I hear, I heard that their sort of costume design reflected COVID precautions. And, you know, I couldn't unsee that once I heard it. Yeah. I was thinking they look like sub zero. I thought those guys looked like mortal Kombat guys. And then when you had a giant guru jump out of the sand layer, I was like, what is all this mortal Kombat stuff? I didn't know Robert. I feel like Rodriguez. there's another mortal Kombat thing we missed too. Give me a second. The fire. He did the fire move in Sarlacc's uh, stomach, a scorpion style. 
Did you guys like those guys, those parkour enemies who were flipping around poles and jumping over cleverly placed, you know, like video game level little p platforms that were like steps, like a Mario level? What I did like about them is that much like the fact that extreme parkour will once in a while cost an an excited person their life by falling off of a building in the middle of downtown somewhere in Russia. <laughs> like this guy, <laughs> this guy, this guy got hit by a rocket directly while he was climbing a building and it did make me slightly happy. Okay. Two, a, a, a few things unpack there. One, you didn't have to say it was Russia. It's assumed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Two, I like that the Gaborian guards actually are functionally do something and help out. So that's cool because we normally see them do nothing but get force choked and get eaten by Rancor. So cool on them. But if you jump to um, 23 minutes, 53 seconds into um, the episode, you will be seeing two of the assassins parkouring themselves and one jumps against the wall to do a spin move for no apparent god dang reason. The, the fight scene was a little strange. I mean, I know Fennec had to go take it alive, but that whole fight with them with the shields, it's like, hey, you Star Wars fans, we ever wondering the limits of these weird orange shields? Well, we're going to try to run on them. We're going to shoot a rocket at one. We're going to throw a guy into one. It's like every possibility you could think of that could happen with that shield, we got to see in that very quick scene. Like a lot happened. When they threw the one guy on, it was pretty funny because he was like, oh, God, it kind of burns. Like, it's a little, oh, it stings. Like, it didn't hurt him. It didn't kill him. Whatever their weapons were, they were sort of non-threatening in a way where it's like you just touch a guy with them and they get tasered. Like, n like no actual... No, it doesn't burn you or kill you or anything. It's like, oh, <laughs> like, come on, get that thing away. <laughs> like, they're basically shaped like axes, but no, no kinetic violence occurs in any way, shape, or form. They basically get tasered when it makes contact. Ooh, they got face tattoos, too. That whole fight. Yeah, I, I guess it was kind of interesting. I did like that. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, shut up, Fennec. What do you know? These Gamorians are cool. I told you they were cool. They end up saving us. And yeah, and just it did. It just took that one Gamorian hitting that one guy and the whole fight turned into complete chaos and they had it completely blocked off. They're like completely surrounded. Like this is over. And they did just that. The, that was a very inept team of the of tattooed masked shield wielding assassins. Uh, thugs, Mayor, yeah. Mayor hired assassins. Sub zeros. Yes. All right. So, uh, Joe, Joe, we haven't heard from you in a second. Are you alive? What's we're very we're very rude and loud. What's your opinion of that fight scene with the the ninjas? It was very Cirque du Soleil. You know, it was very very nice to watch the nice aerial acrobatics that they have going on there parkour um much like the much like the tuscan raiders it went on for a little bit too long <laughs> it seems like that was the only thing to to catalyst him going back into the back of the tank to have another flashback because it seems like to me that they're they're setting this thing up like the sopranos next thing you know he's going to be sitting in a shrink's office D did you have any uh thoughts you didn't manage to get out about this sort of new faction of tuscan raiders <clears throat> right to see a lot more of them you know, different areas of the planet, you're going to have different areas of Tuscan Raiders. It's, it's, you know, you go any place in the, in the world, it's the same thing. That's fair as they don't have, they don't have cell phones. So that's fair. And, and they can only uh, 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 so far. And or sign language. That's true. Which once again, travels at the speed of light because how fast does it take you to see something? So it's, you know, it was very interesting to see that, but the emo, uh, 
Tuscan Raiders were, were a nice little touch, but you're going to see probably that's going to, that's going to play more into the, the show when you see it go on. Cause it looks like he's, he bonded with the boy by saving him. Obviously the flashbacks haven't sort of completed the storyline with the Tuscan Raiders. So I'm sure we'll see a little more of that and we'll see maybe a little bit of insight into why he sort of attacks the way he does in Mandalorian season two. Well, maybe we'll see him training with the gaffy stick and all that. You think that's what the flashbacks are going to be more that I think the flashbacks are going to be, are going to be things like where, how do you got slave one back? Maybe they go further back. I don't know. Is, is this like the point that they're going to go from? Cause like you mentioned, he said that you're going to see all the stuff you ever wanted to see of Boba Fett. So I, I tend to want to see more pre Sarlacc, Boba stuff. Like I kind of figured his ship was just somewhere. I mean, it's a long-term storage place. It's just parked out oh, behind. They can, they can have Palace. the Ripley, the Ripley looking lady was watching it this whole time. And she charges yeah. him an arm and a leg. We get to see her again. You got to pay interest on those unpaid storage fees for the slave one. But I, I feel like in one of the trailers, it shows the slave one inside Jabba's palace. And it, and, and I, you know what? It definitely does because it's an, you mean Boba Fett Starship? Can we change? Hold on. Can we change it to the back to one now? Like if you put it back to there, back to one would be cool because he's gonna need Ooh. that, and that that brings it. That's a great. Let's do that. The, the ceiling clearance on that parking garage for Slave One is appalling. Like you know, the fact that you might, the fact that you could even fly that thing in there is really ridiculous. Like there's maybe two or three feet of clearance. Maybe a tractor beam, some kind of thing, holds it in. I do want to point out that. Thanks to this episode, it does establish that there's a space New Zealand and a space Australia. Because he says, mate. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. yes. Russ got it. Russ got the it. Moment. That was the best moment. I was like, that is all Tamora Morrison to be like, oh, are you mad, mate? And he's talking to the do and he said dog. I don't think dog has ever been said in Star Wars either. So mate and dog, two great expressions. Chris, my mate, Joe, my dog, Zanger, Zanger, Lord, my, my Daomo or whatever, <laughs> Damio. Perfect. Mate definitely stood out to me. That was beautiful. It's just, that's, yeah, something, it's that's something I would have said is like, hey, this is Mando Russ, mate. It's like, <laughs> that's what it this is. Mando Boba Fett, mate. Me and my dog here. When does he say dog? Because he calls it a dog. He, he said, no, no hard feelings. huh? He, he says something about the he calls. He calls the Tuscan thing a dog. At one point, he says dog. Um, I'm scrubbing for this real quick. I, I don't doubt you. I'm just. I want to see it. It just stood out. I'm like, oh, it's like saying duck in Star Wars. Like, oh, ducks are a thing too now? Okay. Space ducks. Yeah, Captain Panaka acknowledges ducks in episode one. Fact. Um, we're setting ducks out there. There's a, a uncut line from um, A New Hope where uh, he's like, you'll take to, Obi-Wan says to Luke, you'll take to uh, the force like a duck does to water. And Luke says, what's a duck? That was in one of the original scripts of Star oh, Wars. It's probably in the novel somewhere. Um, What's a duck? <laughs> Space duck. Why they yeah. cut that out? No, okay. Sorry. How amazing is it that they actually got around to referencing ducks and it made it a theatrical cut of episode one? But uh, never mind that. So while Zinger's scrubbing through there, um, so we're, like getting sort of closer to the the finale of this episode. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we saw that really impressed me. Like, I'm not going to lie in that first 10 minutes, it was really exhilarating seeing that we're seeing moments after Boba Fett's fall into the Sarlacc pit and return of the Jedi. And after that stormtrooper. 
who I was always very concerned. Is that guy going to get out? Maybe is he going to get a book? Oh, he's been dead for a long time. <laughs> His life support's gone, too. Yeah, I guess you're right. He, he murdered that stormtrooper. Yeah, it's armor. They're okay. It's okay to show. Like, he's been there for a month. He looks about the same because it's white plastic. Moving on from that, so we're sort of seeing Boba Fett establish his dominance in this Tatooine underworld, which when when you sort of get Rick Olay's take on Tatooine in episode one, they, it seems like it's not a big deal. Like, you know, nobody really cares about it. The, the huts rule it, sure, but it doesn't seem like it's an important place. So we're sort of seeing him sort of establish dominance on this planet. But what's his power? Oh, he, said, he calls what's what, his he power? Says watchdog. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says watchdog. Okay. What? what but what is his actual? He walked in and, and shot Bib Fortuna. Okay. They haven't shown what your actual his actual forces are. Like, what was Jabba's forces? We know he had guys, but where are they? They they just like if I sit in this chair now, I can just go around and they'll give me helmets full of money wherever I go. Like, why? What do you have behind you? Where is Jabba's like forces? Like, who is running all of this? Him and Fennec and two pigmen. That's your. That's your. That's your gangsters. You know when we see this uh, Twi'lek talk to him in in this first episode, she's sort of surprised that he's even claiming ownership over this territory. So I think maybe that sort of leadership is going to be tested. But you know, you, it makes you wonder: Did they assume the audience has even watched the films? You know, you you wonder like sort of how how much credit are they giving the audience when they sort of say Boba Fett is the new crime lord on Tatooine and it was like cool yeah him and this him and this lady and these two pig men they're gonna take they're taking the whole planet by storm all these things I, I do want to see like what is he gonna do is he gonna like if, if he has these major enforcers like what who are they right now or are they gonna be is he gonna be Dengar you must roll anchor head mate Zanger is Rothgar Dang actually Dengar Sure. Sorry, I'm 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 still impressed with the with sure. with the final part of this episode too, which I know we'll get to eventually. We can get to. It. We're pretty much there, right? That okay. the fact yeah. that it's part of the flashback is the big the big yeah. ending, right? I I'm impressed with the design of this creature. Like it's something unique-ish, definitely unique to Star Wars, but unique-ish in a world of sci-fi. It's very um, John Carpenter. I would not call it unique. I would call it very heavily derivative of Ray Harryhausen's 60s work. Okay, yeah, that too. But were you expecting it? Were you expecting it when it popped out of the sand? No. What I was expecting was the early, the mid-90s version of a crate dragon. Oh, it's a, it looks like a dragon. Yeah. It's about the size of a blue whale, and, uh, you know, it looks basically like an iguana. I, I, and it's going it. to mess up somebody's day. If that thing's swimming around the sand, yeah, Boba Fett can definitely punch through it, too. If they got all these things that just live in the sand, maybe, they, maybe just the sand makeup is just so weak in, on the planet. I don't, I don't know. If you've ever yourself or if you're one of your kids have had a fascination with having exotic pets, you realize that reptiles are one of those things where they basically charge up in sunlight for like 24 hours and then they do like five minutes of extreme activity where this this could seem like one of those things to me. Like, you know, he's hanging out under the sand. He's he's baking. He's getting his energy up. And then he just, you know, he's he's ready for that one fight of the month. I, I thought it was a cool design. I thought the centaur thing was a cool design. I liked it. It was something I wasn't expecting. 
it was cool to see. The fight was interesting because what because it like went to where it could use both both of its arms, Goro style, or it went all centaur mode to where it walked on its four le- on four leg arm things. It it was cool. I liked it. It was something I was not expecting. And it's the whole rite of passage for that kid sort of thing. And it showed that, you know, the that he came back to that village not in chains. Like he was carrying the chain, but he was coming back as an as seen as almost an equal, if that makes any sense. So that's once again, show not tell. There was no had to him having to be like, so Phoenix, then I kill help killed this creature. It's a it's a sand centaur. Man. <laughs> sand man. And and I helped kill it. So that's how they helped accept me into their culture. It's like, no, I, I like that the flashbacks are not someone explaining it. I like that it's a, you have to pay attention. You have to understand this is what's happening. This is what's establishing. So I, I like that. I, I like the show not tell. It would have been funny for for uh, Boba to said, "Oh, this Rodian, he didn't make it, mate." Oh, it's like it was an afterthought. By the way, that it was it was generated. You know, it's it looks like a very true to form storyboard of what the creature would look like. It's like they like uh, now here here's the, over the weekend. Hey, just make us a creature with with uh, six. Six limbs. Can he look well, like a genie? You. Sure, he can look like a genie. We could do that. Well, you know, you'd be missing the very chameleon-like eyes that the that the creature had, where they sort of were covered with scaly skin around the most of the sphere, but they sort of pointed around in various directions. Very chameleon-like, and also it's sort of derivative of uh, the Princess of Mars, where you have these Martian aliens who are green and have forearms and all that. John and, Carpenter. Wait, yeah, is that John Carpenter? John Carter. But, Carter. Uh, very close, yeah. John, John Carpenter's Ca- the thing. John Carpenter's the yeah exactly he's the John fantastic Carter's the Mars the director yes. who directed Escape from New York Escape from L A the thing and Big Trouble in Little China which are all fantastic and you should all watch them Halloween there's that too uh, the things a origin story for Santa Claus think about it <laughs> I've just been killed <laughs> so I'm glad we sort of touched on all that we got the John Carpenter creature at the end. Which is like very much evocative of Ray Harryhausen's stop motion animation, and so he's you know he's a centaur who fights Boba Fett, and uh, it's a good time. It's a it's a he he proves himself to the Tusken Raiders, and they kind of episode two he gonna fight with a chain, you know, something like Anakin and Obi Wan kind of had to mess with with their chains around them and fighting monsters. So many episode two references in it. Robert Rodriguez. Must love Attack of the Clones. Exactly, and they bring back the head. We're Star Wars, and you, you you love to see a child parading the decapitated head of some monster around the town. Always to sort of to sort of establish the fact that Boba Fett clearly is a warrior not to be messed with. So, sort of wrapping this thing up. This book has just begun. There's seven more greatness episodes, or six more, and uh, you're excited, aren't you, Chris? I'm excited for the hope. Like, personally, I have the hope that this is nothing to do with the remaining six episodes. And this is just establishing the fact that Boba Fett is, in fact, still alive after Return of the Jedi. That is my hope. 
my hope too. I my hope is my hope is that there's something bigger. I do I do want to see. I I think this will play into whatever's going on on actual Mandalore and and all of them Bo Katan and all of them going over there doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. I do think we will see our buddy the Mando at some point in this again. Uh, I think whatever. I, I don't know. I I hope it gets off planet a little bit. This is the Star Wars, not the atmosphere wars that Singer is definitely pushing for, but. I do want to see it get a little bigger, big, bigger scale, maybe even bring in the, the Queen of Dragons or whatever, or Darth Maul. I think well, he can't bring her, but you know what I mean? I, I think the crime syndicate thing is cool, but it, there needs to be a bigger story going on. Sanger, what do you think for the, the next, the remaining six episodes? I, as I said before, I'm on board. I am on board for whatever happens right now. I was left impressed with this episode. Definitely standing by my nine out of 10. I love the show. Don't tell method of this episode. Like I said, if there was no dialogue and it was all flashbacks, it would have been great. The stuff we had is establishing what's going on. He's not as invincible as we all think he is. He has that whole hurdle to overcome. Yeah. They're probably making it cheaper to do the episodes. They don't put a ton of makeup on him for the scars and everything. Smart move there. Directors. Yeah. I saw what you did there. And finally, I'm just on board. I have, no expectations for this. So I have everything that this, this, I am the blankest slate right now for this to prove whatever it wants to to me because I'm on board. I'm thumbs up in it right now. And we'll see how we can do through the rest of this. Zach, I know you're listening to this and I'm thumbs up in this all the way. So Zach, I, I'll speak for Zach. Zach said, I just got a taxi said, I just hopped on the back to one. I'm all on board. I'm ready to <laughs> zoom this frozen corpse of a show to my favorite day. Damio. How about you, Joe? What you got, Joe? I think it's good. It's going to definitely tie into season three of Mandalorian. I think they're, you're going to see Bo-Katana show up. Um, I'm thinking that it's also going to reference some of the Bad Batch with Omega. That's the Omega. other thing, too. <laughs> Omega. So I think that's something to watch out for, because the last time Fennec Shan was in any show was the Bad Batch, and she was looking for Omega. So maybe she's that's why she's with Boba Fett. We can only hope. Okay, all right. Oh no, he thinks the, the batch could show up, the old batch. I think they... so. I think so. I think I think the I think those Mandalorians, the ones that saved uh Dinj Jaren in the Mandalorian, were actually clone troopers. That's why they never took off their helmets. Introducing they all Bert, look the same. Bert Kreischer as Rekka. Yeah. Oh no. Wait a second. So since they're not direct clones of Boba Fett, is this how he gets Sylvester Sloan into Star Wars? Yeah, sure. There you go. He, he, yeah. Well, what, what is he? Hunter, old hunter. He could be old hunter. Yeah, right? exactly. You're, you're right there with me. How do we cast this? Let's do it now. Hey, you know that uh, red headband guy? That's me. Oh, that's me. I'm in this now. I'm in solo now. Oh man, Bubba Fat. I'm thoroughly traumatized by that guy. And, and Christopher, Christopher Walken will be <laughs> sniper. You guys have given me, you guys What's have given name? me a lot to think about. Because they would be all old, so yeah. old. And Christopher Walken would be a great. Um, what's his? What's the sniper's name, Chris? You know it. It's escaping me. Four eyes. Bullseye. Bullseye. Shooter. Sharp eye. Sharpshooter. Yes. <laughs> crosshairs. Splinter. Russ got it. Yeah. It is crosshair. Yeah, I, I know. I yeah. Um. Oh man, who who's gonna be? Okay, so so we cast that. Who's gonna be tech? 
Uh, Bob Newhart. <laughs> He's dead. Uh, um, I'm, you know, I've been watching a lot of Curb Simon Your Enthusiasm. Pegg. He loves being everything. He'd be the nerd. No, no, no. See, you have Simon Pegg. Oh, you were um, going to say Sheldon. Sheldon is yes. tech. Okay, Sheldon can be tech. No, no, hold on. I got this. I got this. I got this. Tech is going to be played by, and I've been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So Larry David. Larry time. David. <laughs> old. They, well, they are old. So okay, this is a great crew. You've got Bert Kreischer as Wrecker. You've got Larry David as Tech. You have Rambo as Hunter, and you have Christopher Walken as Crosshair. Who's Omega? Who's our Omega guys? Is it Drew Barrymore? It is Drew Barrymore. No, wait, hold on. Let's do this. Who's New Zealand's Drew Barrymore? We'll figure this Who out. Who is new Xena? Lucy Lawless. Yeah. Well, no, she no. Well, Lucy. she she will be playing the part of uh of uh our, our, our canceled friend. She playing, <laughs> isn't she playing the role of um of uh, I can't even oh, I can crap. Of yeah, right, right. Uh Cardoon. Cardoon, yeah. Lucy Lawless is the new Cardoon. They will not recast Cardoon. And you know, I wanna thank you guys so much for your wonderful colorful commentary on episode one of the book of boba fett because this is getting incredibly offside you know we have to stop because there's seven more episodes zanger do you have anything you want to say or plug uh i'll plug zing this check it out every week we have nerdy topics i'm sure we're going to talk about book boba fett might say it for episode one and two because i feel like uh episode one i feel like once we see like episode one's the setup see two where it's gonna go so i want to see i'm waiting to see where it goes maybe we'll do that on zingness uh also tune in every week for this where we will be recasting the bad batch every week with a new cast until we finally get it correct well we give them from different ages we'll have the young bad batch the old bad batch and i'll just plug the unbelievers podcast check it out we are on break right now for the holidays unbelieverspodcast.com on patreon and that's it for me how about you joe you got anything going on you want to say a plug Nothing going on to say or a plug but you know if you if you watch the book of bubba fett tomorrow morrison will give you a flower Thank you. And I don't know what he's referencing, but uh, that's fantastic. And I appreciate it, Joe. It. And thank you for for hanging out tonight. And, um, you know, we're sorry Zach couldn't be here. He's obviously horribly depressed by the narrative structure of the book, Boa Fett, episode one. So we'll we'll deal with that when we come to it. Thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight, you guys. And you can follow us at KOV Podcast on Instagram. And you can follow me, the Chris Porteous, on Instagram. And thanks very much for listening. And as always, remember Alderaan, down with the Empire!